0: Have you ever stopped to think that virtually everything we use in our daily lives is based on technology? Even further, do you understand the software behind this technology? Welcome to The Art of Software with Martin Lacey. In today's program, you'll hear how software is created and implemented, why it's written the way it is, and learn from its success stories, proven best practices, and significant failures. Now, here is your host, Martin
1: Lacey. Hi, and welcome back to The Art of Software. Today, we're going to be talking uh, about uh, securing your application, gatekeeper preventions, what you can do to secure your website, your business, your home site, um, getting to know what, what the attack vectors, how, how um, hackers think, what they've been doing recently in, in, to get into your systems or into your business uh, and start uh, gathering information or just becoming a nuisance uh, as as you can see, that's what's going on in the news with some 500,000 r- routers, um, thanks to Fancy Bear, uh, supposedly. Um, today, we're going to be talking to Stephen Bryant. Now, Stephen uh, has been on the show before. He's a wonderful guest to talk to, really great history. Um, he's an experienced fraud management specialist, currently the head of operations at Canadian Ethical Hackers, He was a former, he is the former owner, operator of uh, Toucan Gaming, uh, as well as providing fraud management services for that um, online gaming facility. Um, He also helped uh, youth uh, through the being a director of the Mini Cyber Warriors program, uh, where he's helping to teach uh, young people how to become cyber sleuths and how to protect their systems. So that's really awesome. Uh, Recently, he's been more involved as the global sales directory uh, global sales director for gate identity and access management systems um Steve's background in web design and web development he's the head of operations at polar web design he oversaw the participation of overall design of web applications and mobile applications and user interface elements so he's got a really broad background he's also done some work with um uh, it, with the legal sector um so Quite a great background in security and fraud management, Steve. Welcome to the show.
2: Oh, thank you very much for having me. I, I've got to say thank you again. It's a pleasure to be on your show and uh, appreciate the uh, massive introduction. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, I can live up to uh, hopefully I can live up to the expectations you've now set before me. <laughs> well, you know, Steve, you've you've
1: had such a, a great uh, history and background. Um, and, you know, you've, you've done quite a, a number of things. We've talked, I, I tell the audience, we've talked quite a bit off air and uh, gone into some of your, um, your more interesting or more colorful uh, backgrounds. But perhaps if you can sort of walk the audience through your, your, your history and how you came to be uh, at, uh, at the minigate.
2: Okay, I will. Uh, thank you very much. I mean, the last thing you want to hear is your reputation precedes you and you do it no justice. <laughs> uh, so it's, it's been, a long, uh, been a long and winding road to be involved with Minigate. It started uh, many years ago with respect to online gaming. And I was very fortunate to have a fraud manager who we brought in uh, by the name of Malcolm Simmons. And a wonderful man, highly intelligent and uh, leaps and bounds at the top, uh, ahead of everyone else, top of his field in fraud management. I ended up living with him and uh, he taught me quite a bit uh, with respect to fraud and and fraud management. Um, Since then, uh, I went on to design websites after casinos and web applications and found my way going to cybersecurity, which is, uh, as you know, but many people won't accept uh, the truth that uh, cybersecurity is a division of fraud management. In that uh, fraud is defined as a dishonest act, which leads to uh, financial loss or an unearned financial gain uh, with respect to ransomware and the like. And so I I treat it as such. I treat it as a division of of fraud management. And so we're always trying to, as fraud managers, uh, do diligently remove the ability for others to defraud our clients and ourselves. And that's how I, I came to be involved with the gate. Um, I was at the International Cybersecurity and Intelligence Conference in Toronto. It's a lovely cybersecurity conference. It's a uh, boutique conference, and it gives you the opportunity to meet uh, face-to-face, high sea level, and uh, in this case, uh, very well-trained and and well-accredited cybersecurity specialists. At the awards dinner, I met the inventor of the minigate. His name is uh, Min Ni. Uh, It's M-I-N. And his surname is Ni, and I, hence the Minigate. And yes. For those who are looking for the web domain, it's M I N N I G A T. It's 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 in respect to Frank, who's invented this very simple yet highly effective and extremely intelligent way of identity and access management. And so uh, when I met Frank, we began to talk about um, his invention. Who it won the top innovation award uh, for 2017. At that international cybersecurity and intelligence conference, and I urge anyone who has a chance to go to that—if you're lucky to get an invite—please do attend. You won't—you won't do yourself wrong there. Um, and so that—that's where I formed the relationship with Frank. And uh, being a hacker, anytime I see a way uh, for better security, of course, uh, instinctively I wish to hack it. And so right. that got Frank and I talking. And and as such, this has parlayed myself. To a point where um, now I'm the head of uh, global sales, and it has been uh, so a very exciting. You
1: couldn't, you couldn't hack it then. <laughs>
2: um, well, it's it's always everything is always a constant uh, work in process, right? Yeah, and so we're always looking at ways of of uh, attacking defenses and and bolstering attacking, uh, sorry, and, and building our defenses to to attacks. So uh, you, you're never really done with anything. It's kind of like, uh, as we say in paragliding, uh, you don't learn how to paraglide, you're always learning how to paraglide. And so anyone who says, when you ask them, how long did it take you to learn cybersecurity, if they, if they give you a time frame, I can easily argue that they're not quite the cybersecurity specialists, that someone who might respond with why I'm still learning. And so uh, always, always adapting and always learning, which separates us as you know, as our adaptability.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you have to be one step ahead of the, uh, you know, the, the the perpetrators trying to get into your system.
2: Yeah, you got to think like a thief to catch a thief, but you also got to be in the yes. front of the queue as well, which sometimes can be hard when you're trying to develop a team of global sales <laughs> agents at the same time as uh, thwart any types of hacks that you may see. And uh, very fortunate for myself to have a mind uh, that allows me to think a little bit outside the box. Uh, in some respects, I pay a price for it when dealing with other things, but in, in this respect, it gives me a bit of an advantage over someone who might not be able to, to think in that way. And so uh, my devious mind, as it were put to me as a, as a child, has is, uh, is really come to help me out quite a bit. And, and I must say kudos to, to Malcolm, who taught me, uh, as a kid growing up, you have a devious mind. What's the first thing your parents tell you to do? Uh, d- don't think like that. Don't think like that. Um, but it was uh, Don Malcolm, as he's known in, in the fraud world. Don Malcolm said to me, he said, no, Steve, think like that, but don't act like that. And right. so he's helped me develop the way I uh, I approach fraud uh, and the way I approach uh, hacking is, is by thinking like the hacker. And and that's how the ethical hacking company comes to be. As you know, companies pay us to hack them. Uh, but instead of exploiting them, we provide them with the list of, of vulnerabilities that they have. And then we work together to fix those vulnerabilities, which and is it's, part of our... Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just I was saying to say which that... Is, there is a bit of a delay (laughs) there is and i I, please i i I pour you please take over no no worries i
1: i was just gonna say that you know without with with your outside the box thinking and uh you know your your way of approaching this and also being a good guy that that leads you to a a lot of opportunities to help people and i i don't want to miss the opportunity to help you or help uh, revel in in your awards so i just want to sort of poke you a bit and and tell you not to be shy i i'd like you to just tell tell the people your recent awards that you've uh, presented with and related to security and and how um how you've been re- received
2: well um you know the cybersecurity industry has received us i would say quite well and uh it's been a very um as i started to, to to say earlier, it's been a very exciting, adventurous, and uh, eye-opening experience for me personally. Um, being highly competitive, of course, I love to win and just loathe the fact uh, that eventually, some phases you have to lose. Uh, and so I always enjoy winning. Um, the So far, the Minigate has won the International Cybersecurity and Intelligence Conference uh, Innovation of the Year for 2017, as, as was mentioned. Uh, also, the Information Security Products Guide the Silicon Valley U.S. Global Ex- Excellence Awards uh, for New Startup of the Year and Outstanding Vendor Achievement of the Year uh, with a bronze and a silver, respectively. And Excellent. that was uh, just last month in April uh, in San Francisco at the uh, Hilton uh, Union Square. What a lovely uh, presentation and a lovely meal that we had there it was um very exciting evening and the videos are starting to come out and you can see in my face that i'm well tickled pink and uh, <laughs> by having won these awards yeah uh, they have they have changed it for us um more recognition of course people are looking at it um and they're understanding the simplicity and the increased amount of security that we provide with a with a, a different concept uh recently we've uh, been nominated and have won the national cyber summit, uh, security for technical excellence and cyber award. And we'll be receiving that award on June the 5th, uh, through the 7th in Huntsville, uh, Alabama. And so again, we're always thankful. Every time we win these awards, always pleased. And, um, it's, it's been, it's been very, uh, encouraging and exciting and, uh, allowed us to really sit down and think uh, and to really understand that we understood we're we on a real winner and, mm-hmm. and that the, the cybersecurity industry is about to get a revolutionary change in the way that people identify themselves and identify their intent, which I'd like to touch on later as well, but identify themselves and their intent um, anytime that they're authenticating.
1: Let's get into that then. Um, let's talk about the security at the doorway. Your password—that's that's always been um, a, a real issue. Uh, now, of course, there's other methods other than passwords. You know, iris scan, fingerprint scan, uh, biometrics of some form or another—that uh, all have uh, potential flaws. Of course, passwords have you know so many flaws already built in. Uh, maybe you—before we have to take our break, why don't you introduce? where GATE fits in or the problem that GATE is addressing.
2: Yeah, I think that, uh, thank you very much. I, th- I think that it's imperative to start off by saying uh, a-, a credit to the person who invented the original password system. Um, it was excellent. It served its purpose. It served its time. That time has come and gone. And hackers have uh, now riddled it to a point of, of being a colander. And so a new a new method or system Uh, was required to go forward. Uh, There's no more trust in password systems. 70% of people no longer trust the passwords to protect their online account, and 68% of users today say they want companies to provide an extra layer of internet security. Um, There's a bit of a paradox with the use of passwords, because as you strive to make them more and more secure, you do so at, at the expense of making them more and more complex, which unfortunately makes them harder and harder to remember which in turn makes them easier and easier to want to write down. And then, of course, you know, uh, they get stolen and and exploited, which is where 63% of the data breaches come from. It comes from weak or stolen passwords. Uh, Once the hacker's in, they exploit. uh, They increase the level of uh, administrative powers that are there, and then they they seek to exploit. Uh, So that that kind of explains where passwords are. The passwords are passe, as if you were. And so a whole new approach was required in order to go further. Um, in comparison to biometrics and and all these other uh, great new inventions that are coming, um, they, they do complement the gate, or the gate does comp- the mini gate does complement them. But at the end of the day, without knowledge-based input, you can never really verify intent. And so that's why uh, the mini gate has such power with such simplicity and easy to u- easy to use fashion is because that it requires knowledge-based input. And so we can always verify that our end users are intending to do what they want to by the input that they put in.
1: Yes, can, can you give us a, 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 just a brief example of what that means?
2: Okay, so for instance, if you have an iris, uh, a face recognition on your phone, that means that you've, you want the phone open, but if a hacker's hacked your phone and they're making a purchase from inside your phone by controlling your phone, that doesn't verify that the user who wanted their phone open wants to make that purchase it's unaware of that's being made on its behalf on its phone due to hacking. Whereas if they have knowledge of a password and they input that in, it's, it's evident that that's what they want to do as they're putting it into their account to make that purchase. And I think that's where it separates with the knowledge-based input versus just a physical character or fingerprint.
1: So, can you tell us how has the industry reacted to this invention? You know, it's 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 kind of an adjunct to passwords, or really a replacement for pass, password entry, right?
2: Right. And and after the break, I'd like to get into maybe how 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 we go about doing that, and, and send people the live demo so they can understand for themselves. It's it's kind of hard to hear about it, but basically, uh, what 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 Min did is he reversed the flow of information. We've taken your password, which has been reduced to four characters or four pins. And now we've put it in a in a puzzle or a, uh, a puzzle, as it were. And your passwords contained in there, and you pick your password out of the puzzle, versus the other way around, where you input your password into a field.
1: Okay, right. So you're you're basically solving a puzzle with tiles, uh, kind of, and from that, uh, it, it knows your intention.
2: Right. You you have a series of tiles. You you choose each tile that you want as your token. Uh, the tokens are collected at, at the bottom of the screen. And when the tokens line up in the correct order, then it opens up the mini gate, and you've authenticated that that's what you want to do is to open that, open that application or whatever it is, whether it's your banking or emails or anything else that you have to identify to access. Very cool. Well, we're going to get back into this and we're going to
1: explore Minigate in a lot more detail uh, after the break or, and after uh, we've had some a chance to talk about other penetration uh, vectors that uh, hackers use and how to protect your, your website uh, and certainly get back into Minigate and how that operates and with the novelty of the invention. So with that in mind, I want to thank uh, Stephen for coming on the show. We'll be right back after this short message. Thanks for joining us on The Art of Software. When it comes to business,
0: you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Art of Software with Martin Lacey. To connect with the show today, you may call into 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd prefer to send an email, you may send it to m.lacey at laceytechnology.com.
1: Now, back to The Art of Software. Hi, and welcome back to the Art of Software. Today we're talking with Stephen Bryant, who is involved in this brand new Minigate application or this invention, as well as, you know, he's got the background as an ethical hacker, and he's going to help us walk through some of the um, thinkings of hackers and how they come to penetrate your systems or, you know, what they look at and how they get in. Um, So, and then we'll get back into the mini gate and how that it can also be used or is used to secure your application uh, as a wall of perimeter before they even get anywhere near your systems. So the the idea here, I guess, Stephen, is we want to get to know the enemy a bit better, right? Um, make make hackers' job more difficult uh, as a as the uh, malware malware slayer. We need to know who who the um, who's the author of the malware. So can you walk us through a bit of the thinking of, of the, the enemy, the hacker?
2: Uh, yeah. Um, so the thought process of the hacker is going to be uh, – hacking is usually done in five stages, and I think best to start with that. Uh, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear of the result of 100 battles. If you know yourself but not the enemy – for every victor gained, you will also suffer a defeat. And if you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle, said Sun Tzu in The Art of War. So knowing thy enemy is a significant part to overcoming hackers. Um, and the first thing that they're going to be doing is reconnaissance. So when they have a target, they're going to learn everything about that, about that target. Um, you know, the adage, if everybody knows your business, you'll soon be out of business, uh, definitely comes into play with that. Uh, second, they're going to scan. They're going to be taking information discovered during the reconnaissance. And then they're going to try and find ways to penetrate your network, whether it be physically, electronically, and they're going to use various tools that they can to uh, do their scanning so that they can see exactly where the vulnerabilities in your system are. Thirdly, they're going to gain access. Uh, they they've kind of mapped out a blueprint of the network. Uh, whether it be physical or electronic, and then they, with phase one and phase two done, this is where they launch their hack into phase three, um, and they they gain access, uh, which is known in, in hacking as owning the system. So once you've gained access, you own the system. From there, you want to escalate your privileges and take over that entire system and find ways to maintain the access so that you can come back anytime you want. Further exploits, uh, close the door so that no one else can follow where, how, and how you've gotten in. And then the final thing is, of course, to cover up your tracks so that you don't get caught and uh, towed it off to jail. So hackers try and remove all traces of their attack, such as log files or intrusion detection systems, IDS as are called, and uh, kind of like, you know, let the perception know that there's no one been there. And so that's kind of the five stages of the hacker. Um, the hacker is, are going to pick low-hanging fruit. They're going to take the path of least resistance. They're going to find the easiest ways to hack. And people think of hacking, they think of you know, some geek sat there on a screen, what number is going by, and that, that's the furthest thing it could be from the truth, uh, which we try and explain in our mini Cyber Warriors program where we, we encourage uh, the introduction of cybersecurity to all youth. While striving for gender parity and I, I appreciate the plug for the mini cyber warriors program it's it's, it's a great program. Yeah absolutely. Um, but, but we want to we definitely want to um, remove that fallacy that you know in order to be a hacker you have to be this math genius and that this is just for boys and that it's super hard to do. I mean you know uh, by the time a child is 10, 11, 12 years old uh, they can deploy tools uh, and then they're at a stage where they're hacking and so it, it is not that difficult. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity. And, and mm-hmm. so uh, I definitely want to stress that point today. I, I don't want to come away without having to stress that. So now that we have what the hacker is going to do, they're going to pick for the easiest path, the path of least resistance. And then they're going to try and, of course, reap the most amount out of, out of their efforts. Uh, the data breach, average data breach cost, roughly around $4 million per incident, I think the number is 3.71, but don't quote me on that. Let's just round it to four for the sake of simplicity and accuracy. And there was a Ponyman study, I think it was IBM and Ponyman that did it. It was about four million a year. Oh, sorry, four million per incident. Right. And six, 63% of those hacks are coming from uh, poor uh, passwords or weak passwords and the exploitation. Uh, you know, human error counts for most of the hacks. Uh, for instance, if someone finds a USB uh, zip file or a zip drive in their office and they plug it in and there's an exploit on there, uh, the hackers have now entered the system. And that's one of our fa- favorite ways of gaining access to a system is to physically actually hack it. And so I want hack. I want people in your listening audience to understand that it's, it's not just some geek at a computer. It's people physically trying to get in so that they can drop a USB stick so that they can gain access when someone who... You know, people will call, will say things about them, but it's just a sheer matter of ignorance and a failure by the company, in most part, to introduce the proper procedures and protocols to avoid such an incident. Right. And so, the vast majority of it is is done uh, as a result of humans uh, humans not writing or humans not taking the necessary steps to protect themselves, or not having the proper uh, protocols in place to protect themselves, or just a sheer uh, as we said earlier, the, the password's too, just too bloody complex, and I can't remember this, and I've got 10 passwords, and don't you understand? My life is so busy as I'm trying to maintain you know, my, my family, and I'll just write it down. What could go wrong? And of course, as soon as you write down your password, you've, you've lost all security. Uh, it's just a matter of time before someone finds that paper and exploits it.
1: So you know, we talked about, the, you mentioned that um, the, the hackers are, are really opportunists. Now, is is that once once they go out and are launching their scanning tools, uh, are are they basically scanning the entire network, not your particular system, but uh, you know, picking a a, a router, uh, something anywhere they can go to, and just scanning anything that's connected to it, and just digging deeper and deeper until they find something that has a doorway that
2: you know a port that's left open, and it's. It's a sad state of affairs uh, currently, but the question is if they have to dig deeply. Uh, For instance, if you take a look at printers that are connected to a network at the International Cybersecurity Intelligence Conference, IBM had a, a, sorry, HP, I apologize, HP had a great demonstration with a great video indicating that only 2% of printers worldwide which are connected to a network are actually secure. In other words, if I want to hack into your system, the first thing I want to look for is the weak entry point, which is, could be uh, a, a printer. So you plug it in the printer, everyone can access the printer in the office, but there's no security of the printer. I access the network through the printer, now I'm in the network. Oh. Escalate privileges, and you know, I'm owning the network. Wow. And I, I guess that, is that a,
1: a serious attack vector? How do they get in for that one? I, I beg your pardon? Uh, I'm just thinking of that that particular uh, attack vector coming in through the printer. H- how do they actually stage or get in th- get in that way? Is that uh, th- through the network to your printer, or is that through a USB stick? Or well,
2: through the printer that's connected, through the printer that's connected to the network. So you can see a printer that's that, that's that's emitting a signal that's connected to the network. You connect to the printer, and now you have access to the network. Through the network, you escalate your privileges throughout the network.
1: Okay, I see. I got you. So when we're talking about these hacker- hackers looking for opportunities and they're doing a scan, they're scanning a, a wide area network, then scanning a lower area ne- network, once they find that you've got a presence uh, on the internet, um, then from that vantage point, they, they're scanning within your network looking for devices that aren't protected, that are completely open. Is that that is that, is that the, uh, the the most opportune?
2: Yeah, I, whatever's easiest, right? Uh, there's an article in Business Insider. Um, it came out on April fifteenth of this year, and it, it talks about hackers once stole a casino high rollers database through a thermometer in the lobby fish tank. And uh, the CEO of Darktrace, which is a, it's this very intelligent uh, artificial intelligence real time monitoring cybersecurity program, uh, Nicole Egan is is quoted. The CEO of Darktrace told the CEO Council Conference on Thursday, there's a lot of Internet of Things devices, everything from thermostats, refrigeration system, HVAC systems, to people who bring their Alexa devices into the offices. There's just a lot of IoT. And it expands the attack surface. And most of this is not covered by traditional defenses. And, and that's a quote from uh, the CEO. I think I believe it's a former CEO of, of Darktrace. Uh, the spectrum's getting wider. Fish tank thermometers, uh, right. printers, any type of device that's connected through USB is now offering a window, a portal of, of entry for would-be miscreants in the form of hacking.
1: So just the uh, the number of uh, opportunities are just growing exponentially then with the addition of IoT devices plugged into your network, printers being the most rudimentary one that everyone has. But now I guess you know, with your thermostats, your uh, well, Alexas and who knows what else.
2: I mean, there are devices now where I can be at work and and set my uh, slow cooker to turn on so that when I'm at home. Well, now that's access to the network. The network has access to the to the slow cooker. Someone hacks the slow cooker and suddenly they're in my network. And, right. and so it's it's actually getting it's the the, the you know the spectrum's growing larger um, as we're trying to overcome uh, more and more. Hackers trying to hack more things—it grows exponentially, or more and more devices. I apologize. Uh, it grows exponentially to try to cover everything, and so that's why we're very excited about about the mini gate because it allows uh, a very simple way for things to be secured, and it's not an over overbearing. Uh, it's not intrusive, um, and it's it's a very simple script. It's a very simple uh It's very, it's very simple concept. Um, that allows a complex layer of security. And and I'll say that again, it's a very simple concept that allows a very complex layer of security. And it's very easy to use. And And I I think think that we're gonna get into that in the next segment.
1: Yes, and that's the glory of of gate is the simplicity replacing something that's becoming, uh, has become a little bit overbearing or just arduous to to manage and maintain passwords. Uh, I know we struggle with it all the time and I loathe the The notification that I get periodically that I have to change my password, of course, you know that's just one one means for uh, the administrator him. to try and protect it.
2: you know you know you you try and sympathize with the poor end user who's, as we spoke earlier, is you know trying to manage life yeah, <laughs> in addition to all that, now they've got a password and everything, and they all need to be different. Uh, what's the password? I, you know I can't wait to see it in some movie or some TV show some starving uh, person there and their significant other is withholding the password for the fridge to maintain their diet. But, and this is the road we're going down where every device is controlled. Oh, what, what's the password for the fridge again, dear? Must um, eat, um, must yeah, eat. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, remember. It, it, it's fr- exactly, and uh, as, as it becomes, it encompasses more and more of our uh, daily aspects of our lives. Uh, the relevance and, and the, the ease of use and the validity of, of the minigate becomes more and more uh, more and more enjoyable
1: absolutely. The, the The applicability to 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 help manage this web of identification. Uh, I mean can you imagine we were joking about it at work the other day, uh, you know where that Alexa device uh, was recording conversations and e- emailing that out? I mean, can you imagine taking over a television set and having it send commands to Alexa to do other things? I mean, all these different subversive ways to get in, in, and at your systems uh, through your existing uh, infrastructure and just looking for the weakest link.
2: And especially when you say something like at home, where um, you don't know how many computers have uh, and monitors have cameras and audio recording devices. And now suddenly, your private, most intimate moments um, are being made, or threatened to be made, available for the whole world to hear or see. Uh, it becomes very daunting, and oh, so yeah. uh, again, you know, we're, this adds to our excitement of actually being in the position where we are having the minigate and uh, about to about to revolutionize the way people identify themselves in an access management systems.
1: Yes, yeah, uh, because it's, it's, a, it's a solution to a problem that is, is, well, already to the point of unmanageability. Uh, once you get it to the home and we have all these IoT devices, well, into the businesses, of course, where there's a lot more value to the prize. But, uh, of course, uh, taking over homes and the computers there, uh, that, that's a launching pad to get at other, other systems or, of course, identity theft as well. So these are all you know, painful attack vectors that uh, require a solution. And that's what we're going to get into a bit further in our last segment. Uh, we're going to take a break again. Uh, this will be our final break, and then we'll get into the mini-gate uh, and help you walk through and visualize its role within the identity management space and how it can enhance... Uh, security at the perimeter before people get anywhere near it. And uh, so I, I want Steve to you know, come back and get into all the types of attacks that this thing uh, prevents and how the whole thing is engineered because it's really so very simple. So please stick with us uh, for our final segment. We'll be right back after this short message. Thanks again. This is The Art of Software.
0: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are tuned into the Art of Software with Martin Lacey. To connect with the show today, you may call into one 866 472 5790 Again, that's one 866 If you'd prefer to send an email, you may send it to m.lacy at lacytechnology.com.
1: Now, back to The Art of Software. Welcome back to The Art of Software. Today, we're talking about ways to protect your perimeter. We're talking with with Stephen Bryant, and we're going over uh, how to understand hackers, how to protect your network. And what this new technology that uh, Stephen is involved in—the the gate, the mini gate—and how that is revolutionary idea, simple yet uh, easy to deploy, and adds a much more sophisticated layers of security uh, and replaces passwords. So I'm. Excited to get people uh, uh, another layer of understanding into this product. So, Stephen, why don't you sort of lay it out for us? If, I know we're doing this on radio, so it's hard to visualize. But if you can try and draw us a picture of what exactly um, th- this this new interface looks like.
2: Right, okay. Let me try and draw everyone a mental picture. So, uh, what, what Min has done is he's replaced your traditional, uh, very difficult, uh, non-word, multi-character, 15-letter, you know, capital letter, silly character, password with a four-digit PIN. And you choose your PIN out of uh, an available set of characters that are 15 characters uh, per each different field. And depending on how sophisticated the the gate is, you will then choose, let's say, a password of of four four characters. So your password PIN will have four different characters instead of all these silly letters. So it's only four different things to remember. Uh, Those password PINs, will be taken and spread out in a grid. Each tile, there will be 16 tiles of the four by four tiles. Uh, and your password pin is spread out in some of the tiles. And so in each of the tiles, there are multiple characters. Uh, right. So what happens is you have all these characters on a tile and you pick the tile that has your password character pin in it and that that becomes your token and so when I'm watching you pick, let's say your password um, is 1A2B, uh, so the first tile will have the number one, it'll have uh, other characters, and when you pick that tile, I don't know so which of the characters in that tile is yours. Right. And as you continue to pick each of your tiles uh, and choose them for, for tokens they that are gonna be entered in, into the gate, Uh, then it becomes exponentially more difficult to guess your password. You imagine your first tile has four characters and the second tile has four characters and the third tile has four characters and each of the tiles that you've chosen in your four tiles have four characters. You don't know which of the the characters that you've chosen uh, are going to open up the gate. So once you've chosen your tile, it becomes a token. The tokens are taken and then added, put inside the gate and it opens it up like a key. And uh, I think the best way for people to understand this is to go to the website and and have a look at the live demo. Uh, You can go to Minigate. It's M-I-N-N-I-G-A-T-E, minigate.com, after the inventor, uh, Min-Ni. And go to the live demo. It's the last click on the right-hand side in the menu bar. And open it up, create a username. Uh, You'll see all the different password characters that you can choose as pins. And then you go to login. Log in, and then you'll be able to see the 4 by 4 matrix with each of the tiles that has uh, several characters on each. And then as you pick the tiles, they become the tokens that you use to open the gate, much like uh, tokens you would use to get through uh, in a subway. And that's where the analogy for that comes from.
1: Okay. And so,
2: the, so yeah, so it's it's instead of you putting your password into a system in this case it demonstrates your password by hiding it in tiles that have multiple characters on each and you don't know which of the characters it is. And Frank's made it uh, exponentially more difficult by sometimes your cast- password characters is not found in, in on any of the tiles. So at that point what you have to do is you have to pick a random randomly select one of the other tiles um, or, or or indiscriminately select one of the other tiles and uh, with your indiscriminate selection, uh, I now, if I'm watching you in real time looking over your shoulder, I don't know if the tile that you've selected as your token is a dud or if it's real. And if it's real, which of the characters on that tile have is, is your actual, is the password pin. And I, I think it's very difficult, and I, I may not be doing it any service whatsoever and trying to explain something so visual. Uh, with an or with an oral uh, presentation of it but uh, I, I do urge all of your listeners to take the time and go to, to minneegate.com and, and have a look at the live demo and then uh, you'll be able to clearly see what I'm uh, obviously unable to clearly demonstrate uh, orally in, the, in this presentation. It's, um, I, I do apologize for it but it, it is a very visual uh, it is a very visual way of, identif- of identifying yourself in an accent. Uh, in, a, in a sorry, identity and access uh, management system. Yeah, the the way I kind of look
1: at it is it's it's kind of CAPTCHA on steroids. I mean, you you've got a, uh, any number of symbols on a given tile, any number of tiles in a four by four or five by five grid, and so when you select in sequence the tile that has the special character on it that makes up your pin, um, that that constructs a, a great deal of ambiguity from the observer's perspective because they don't know when you pick a tile because of the number of characters on it, uh, which character that you're actually picking for to put into your sequence. And as you point out, they add complexity when if your your character isn't on any of the tiles, you just randomly pick, one to fill the hole. Uh, there's no way of telling when you do that, and if it's if it's part of your your pin sequence. So the, the whole
2: idea is is brilliant. It is so. It's just so simple. Um, you know, and it, it's so effective because it is, it's you're it's its you're distracting people with something that they don't know what it is. And so it helps to alleviate a lot of the different methods that are currently being used to steal passwords. For instance, eavesdropping. So the uh, hackers will somehow find a way to eavesdrop on your computer. They'll listen to your keys. They'll know which key is is which by amplifying the sound that comes from it. And so as you type in your password, into your uh, identity and access management system. They actually know which keys you're pushing by the sounds that they make. Each key sounds a little bit different. Um, And so they can take your password from there. Uh, Key logging is another way where they install a key logging system uh, into your computer, and every time you stroke a key on your your keyboard, it monitors it, records it, and then sends an email, uh, much like the way Alexa was doing with, uh, I saw that in the news as well, sending it off to one of the employees saying, you're being hacked. So with this, it's a visual system. Like you said, it, it's a you 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 look at the lock uh, at the mini gate, and you physically go on and you click. So there's no way of knowing a mouse click is going to be is going to sound the same regardless of where the mouse, uh, regardless of where the position of the mouse is. And even if they can watch you uh, with the video monitor, due to the ambiguity uh, ambiguity in the way you're, the the amount of characters that are on each tile. Uh, it's impossible for them to know on interception what your password is. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, the question of value, the question of determining the value of this is is, is found in a question. 63% of hacks uh, are resulted in weak or stolen passwords. And that results in a $3.71 million uh, cost uh, for, for these hacks. If that's the cost of it, how much would you pay for Why? One- layer of protection on interception uh, and, and here the minigate offers uh, numerous, many, many layers of, of interception. You have to intercept it, intercept it, intercept it um, uh, before any any opportunity to overcome the minigate is. And it, it's like having a flax jacket, like, you know, a bulletproof vest. Uh, eventually you can riddle a hole in it, but it, it offers layers and layers of protection. And it it also offers the simplicity of the password being four characters so that you don't have to write it down. So between the, the savings on, on the fraud with respect to people writing down their passwords and then being attacked and also uh, the, uh, being intercepted. For instance, let's, let's go to the banking industry. Someone watches you over your shoulder, put in your password, they take your card, they access all your money. Now you can invite them to watch you put in your password. They can watch you in real time. Take your card, and they still don't have any idea of what your password is, and they can access your funds. So that that becomes a huge uh, that becomes a huge advantage to uh, to banking systems and, and financial institutions, and those people those end user and their clients that uh, that use them. Yeah, and you know
1: the an interesting thing that we we talked a bit uh, offline about this is that the character set the what you use to represent the symbols uh, for each tile. So you can have any number of symbols, four or five, what have you, on any, of, uh, any number of the tiles. Um, and you can configure what those symbols are. So you can make them very culturally sensitive or industry sensitive or business sensitive.
2: Exactly, what happens is um, the the software it, it's being sold in a licensing uh, licensing and uh, licensing agreement, and the, the company that licenses it has the ability to control the variables set within it. And the live demonstration uh, is uh, it gives a, an overview of you know, for the sake of understanding uh, when you purchase a licensing agreement, the full package comes. It's very robust. It allows you to configure in many ways. But one of the great ways that it allows you to configure is setting. The password symbols or the or the characters themselves. So cognitively, you see the same symbols every day. You have a list of, say, 200 symbols, and you constantly see them being repaid in, in, in the mini gate and mini gate. And now, all of a sudden, someone's phishing you, and you see a series of password symbols or characters that don't that are not what you're accustomed to seeing. It allows the end user for the first time to authenticate the server, right? Because you say, "Wait a minute, this isn't my. These aren't my set of keys that I see every day. This is there's something going astray here." Right. And so that it allows that uh, uh, allows that kind of reverse flow authentication again with the client and user validating the server. And I, I do wish to point out at this point um, that the 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 value of of the software doesn't end with client and user to server. It also can be used from server to server. So you have the layer of protection right now of failure, uh, you know, avoiding of interception. So let's say the hacker overcomes that. Now you have encryption. Well, if they overcome the encryption, uh, which is a feat, now now they're in. Well, if you put a, ga- a minigate on top of that, now they have to overcome the minigate, which requires multiple interceptions and multiple decryptions. So again, it's adding extra layers of protection. And each layer has a, you know, it is a invaluable amount of protection uh, you know it's it's just so hard to measure especially when you're a company like Equifax how much would they have paid for one extra layer of protection uh whilst they had the chance and how
1: difficult is it to to adopt it say on your website for example I know you've talked about other devices but you know most most people familiar with websites and things like that so let's talk about that layer first
2: yeah I'd like to um you know, it's a very simple implementation. It doesn't require a lot of time. Um, usually it can be done with one programmer and uh, the implementation and integration of it is is easy and it's not difficult. Uh, teaching the end user how to use it is not difficult. Anyone who goes through the live demo, you'll see quite clearly that within a minute you can understand the concept. It's very simple. It's easy to remember. Uh, we'd like to, at this time, Minigate would like to offer your listening audience uh, if anyone out there would like to try this for their business, uh, as a token of appreciation t- to you having us on the show, I say thank you again, and I can't say thank you enough. Uh, we'll be happy to provide them with a the one-year free trial. Uh, you know they can contact uh, they can contact us at Minigate, and if they want to take advantage of that, they can email us at VoiceAmerica at Minigate.com, and uh, they don't and have to mention that uh, we'll, we'll be happy to give them the free year. And I want to take that this opportunity to say thank you again, of course. And to offer your your listenership um, your, your your listeners uh, that that opportunity to see for themselves, you know, just how secure and how easy it is to, to use this. That's and, awesome. Uh, you know, we're wholeheartedly convinced that once they once they see it and they try it, um, you know, they'll they'll get a better, night's rest. Well, that's that's fantastic,
1: Stephen. Thank you very much. I, I'm hopeful that many of our audience listeners will take advantage of the this free trial and. You know, take it to heart and try it out on their website. In fact, uh, what I'll even do to help with this effort is I'll uh, adopt it on on my own business site and uh, provide uh, gateways to, of course, to MiniGate, so that they can uh, see it on your site as well and get a license, um, see it as a demonstration. I'll put a demo on my site as well and link back to MiniGate. So I, I thank you very much for for extending that offer. That's very kind of you and very generous.
2: Oh, no, thank you very much. Uh, you know, we, we want everyone to have a better system that's more secure, easier to use, less hex. Our goal is to over is always is to beat the hackers. And, uh, you know, we feel that this is the fastest way to get it done um, is by everyone using the Minigate collectively with all the other innovations in, in cybersecurity. The Minigate complements everything and it makes it more difficult for the hackers while making it easier for the end users,
1: exactly, and I think that's that's the beauty of this is that it it makes end users' life more simple, and yet a lot more secure. And businesses can rally around this idea of uh, you know the securing uh, you know the the ID of their end users in a much more uh, effective way and helping them you know ma- manage that turnover of passwords and not having to write it down, you know, given that uh, that ide- the credential theft is the the, the pre- predominant attack vector. You know, 92.4% of malware is delivered via email. So they've got to get in there somehow.
2: Uh, so I want to thank again, um, Thank you. Um, thank you again to your listeners. Uh, please feel free to contact us. Um, there are continental managers, depending on what your location is. Um, and get in touch with, with respect to content manager or just find us at the info or the admin. And uh, we'll be happy to uh, answer any questions and uh, please check out the live demo. And we look forward to helping everyone uh, overcome the hackers and uh, have a better cybersecurity experience. Excellent. Thank you very much, Steve.
1: You've been listening to The Art of Software on Voice America. Please do take advantage of minigate.com slash America. the offer to help you secure your perimeter. Thanks again. This is Martin Lacey for The Art of Software with Stephen Bryant.
0: Thank you for listening to The Art of Software. Be sure to join your host, Martin Lacey, again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of our program on the Voice America Business Channel. Until we talk again, have a great week.